You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. I got to let this roll out real quick. Yeah. On your feet, Houston. Are you ready? 99. No, let's welcome back to Moneyline. 713-780-3776. We got an hour left of this show, and also, Josh, I'm glad that it doesn't start as I'm driving. That would have been a harsh drive home because last week I had all that money on the Saints, and I get a turnover, so I have switched lanes on action, and I don't advise this for anybody. I'm out here listening to games and gambling and driving, and it's a bad combination. I'm out there like, and then they get held, and you're like, what's going on? And then the, the Vikings just broke it open. And I just felt like I never had a chance in that game. No, and I mean that one. I feel bad. I, I you know, I loved Kamara last week hitting that rushing total, and a big part of it was I thought the Saints were going to be leading, you know, and they were going to be running to close out that game. It it just shows you game flow can change everything for your predictions. You know, just even your even your prop bets. You know, your totals for players. And man, Kamara just he didn't look that good, and he didn't have a lot of great opportunities and. And then you saw, you know, Dalvin Cook have that great game against the Saints. And then yesterday, he was a big nothing against the 49ers. And my big reason for liking the Saints against the Vikings was Kirk Cousins. And he had that great game. And then we saw yesterday, he is who I who I thought he was. You exactly know, he was terrible. He was. And, you know, he was terrible yesterday. And that's what I figured I'd see against the Saints. Because we talk about it, you know, for fantasy all the time. Just, you know, Drew Brees at home, like... That is an elite fantasy player. And, man, that that nasty interception he threw into double coverage, I mean, that killed him in that game because the Vikings came right back down the field and scored. And it's going to be interesting because we're we're seeing some changes, right, with Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger and Tom Brady. Times have to change. Yeah, they are on the backside of their careers. And I know that's obvious, but we're starting to see some fall off. With Brady, I'm not as harsh a critic of him as everybody else is. I feel like... You know, there were some moments in that game when, when he lost where Edelman dropped a crucial pass where that they were at midfield. If they just would have gone a little further and kicked a field goal, they probably would have beat the Titans. But, you know, with Breeze, he's starting to fall off. And it, it made me think for fantasy as well that you need the guys that can run a little bit. Those are the guys that are scoring the most points. And, you know, even guys like Aaron Rodgers, it feels like he's slipping a little bit too. Now, as the narratives change and those guys are getting older – the outlook of the NFL, though, I believe it's in good hands with the with the young guys that we have left with with the Watsons, with the ja- Lamar Jacksons, with the Mahomes. You know, I yeah. feel like it's it's getting left in in a good bunch of youngsters' hands now. Where they what they do with it, how long they dominate, how long can Lamar Jackson keep up that specific s- scheme? Um, it's yet to be uh, told. I mean, it's, it's yet to be seen. We got, we have to see it consistently. I want to see him running and throwing this many touchdowns four or five years, you know, let's call it three years in a row to say it worked. Now it worked for one season. What are we going to remember for the Ravens for this season? Yeah, they were electrifying. Yeah. They blew out a lot of teams, but when it really mattered, he was not as bad as he was the first year because that first playoff game, he was bad. And I'm not saying he was all that bad last, last night. I just think that 
not so much on what he put on the field. I just he showed flaw flaws in his mentality. You know what I mean? As far as that's because he would still get out there and then you saw him rushing. But I, again, I think it was a lot of prevent defense. That's where a lot of his stats were padded when a team's up by three scores and they know that you can't stop them. A limited amount of possessions. But we did see some kind of vulnerability from Jackson as far as mentally. He's not used to being in that predicament. Maybe that makes him a stronger player next year. It very well could. But for one moment, we saw him in that. And I guess you could be glad as a Texans fan that you got to see that already out of Watson last year. Now, I didn't like how they were down, what, 20 points, and he celebrated a first down. You know, let's not forget that. But I think that he's learned so much from then. He's learned you just like the offense has to get acclimated to him and O'Brien has to use Watson's tools. I think that he knows being coming from a Dabo, you know, and coming from a winning his, you know, winning big games his entire life. I think that his mentality, he knows the deficiencies in his head and his heart. He's got to know like, man, my coach. He ain't the greatest at this, so he has to improvise. And I think that, that Watson's been in such big moments that he's he's a, he's a born leader. So he can improvise on his own, and, and that's where it becomes rubber, you know, meeting metal because you're saying, O'Brien, let him go. Like, he, this is what he does. And in his head, he, he wants to go, but how far does the script have to get off script like last week before Watson just – does Watson, you see what I'm saying? And in his head, he's been around some big moments and big play calls. He's got to think like, man, this isn't the best coach I've had. No. I, I've got to make it happen. But when can I make it happen? When when does the, you know, and that's that's the, the window you have to find. That window has to come early today. I agree. And I think, I think with the Ravens yesterday, I think Mark Ingram and Mark Andrews not being 100%, that made a big difference. That was a big part of their success this year were those two guys that's really the the best two playmakers on the Ravens yeah you the know, running out there right and you know that, that matters you know th- that made a difference so at least with Deshaun it seems like knock on wood most of your guys are healthy it looks like Will Fuller's gonna play so we've seen Deshaun we talk about Drew Brees and the Superdome Look at Deshaun when Will Fuller's on the field. He's a different player. It's some of the biggest splits. Now we talk about that Will Fuller and that number two. Look how crucial not having a solid number two option yesterday hurt the Ravens because you had AJ or or you had Brown, Marquise Brown out there, but then you had a Dory Jackson playing his tail off. You saw how many balls he he dove and batted down. I mean, again though, they they used the perfect game plan against Lamar Jackson and they made him have to put some oomph in the ball. Use arm, I guess, speed, strength because they made him throw outside the numbers. And how many balls did you see coming out of Lamar Jackson's arm and it was wobbly yesterday? Like I saw that many times. It was wobbly. It would get there, but it would get there like a little delayed and yes, there was a lot of drops. Seth Roberts had a few of them. Uh, I mean, there was drops left and right, but again, the ball, if you make him have to make deep throws, not those quick reads, because that's what he's good at, where he doesn't have to do a full throw motion, where he can just kind of side throw it in between a gap and just keep the chains moving. That's what they do. That's why Andrews – but once you take away that and you have to let – the blitz is coming and he has to move and you make him throw outside the numbers, he didn't have that same oomph to the ball, right? I mean, it just – it's so many balls I saw coming out and they were wobbly. Yeah, no, that's a good point, and that's where I, I give Deshaun the edge. I think he's a, he's a better passer. He is, and overall now, like, 
and not just to change the narrative after one game, but if you give me one game, if you give me one contest to beat the opposite team, I'm not sure that I take Lamar Jackson over Watson. And if you if you asked me that two, three weeks ago and just in, and to the public, people are looking at you crazy for even comparing Watson to Jackson. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to say that I'm not guilty of, of putting Lamar in a different stage to what Watson was a few weeks back. But now that you look at it, how much of a drop-off is there? And like you just said, I, I take Watson as far as throwing. I take Watson as far as the big games he's won in his life. And I just take Watson as far as keeping his head and composure a little bit tougher, I guess, now. Because I saw Lamar Jackson kind of get off of that a little bit. Not saying that he was out, but you saw him. He let the defenses get in his head. And that's what you can't do. He did. And... And some of that, he was right. There were some late oh, hits. Oh, yeah. They, they should have thrown the flag on. There was one where he was on the ground, and they, they took like a helmet-to-helmet to, helmet to the back of his head, kind of he like right what happened. Him. Yeah, kind of like the, the clowny hit on Wentz. And they, they didn't call it, and they didn't call it in that game either. So the refs are letting them play a little bit in the playoffs and, and not throwing as many of these you know uh, flags on, on, on hits like that. And we'll see you know if that impacts the Texans. I have to say, the Texans got some good calls from the refs in the Bills game. You know, they, they really did. What does this say about Harbaugh in two specific situations not kicking that field goal? Yeah. Would you have took the field goal there, I guess, yes. to make it 14-9? Yes, the, especially the one where they didn't they didn't get it. They didn't take the field goal. And then, like, the next play, Derrick Henry, you know, took off on that long run, and that flipped everything, in my opinion. You I, felt it. Yeah, I would have taken those points, man. It, there's just such a difference when you're like, all right, you know, at least we scored on that drive. You know, we did our job. Now let's go stop them and get the ball back, and we'll go from there. And then you go for it, and you don't get it. And we talked before the show, we didn't like the play call. No, and that's another thing. If it was in the regular season, when you saw, it's like on Madden, audible uh, right tri- uh, left trigger down. Uh, you pinched the line, right? You pinched the line, just kind of like what the Texans face against the Bills. That line was paint so then you think man don't run in that gap right don't run the nose the nose the 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 guards were up on the center you know what i mean yeah don't run in the a gap. don't run in the a gap so then at that point i'm guarantee you if it wasn't a playoff game the ravens would have backed up a little bit and done a toss option if they break it outside they're gone but the implications of the game and the way that they had been getting stopped that ball weighs a little heavier it's the playoffs and when what happened he he tried to find a hole that wasn't there and it was a ridiculous play call but again let's label out the playing fields because if o'brien does that we never hear the end of it yeah that's true but that's deservedly so you know harbaugh's won a super bowl just yeah, saying, and that and that level, yeah, and then so then I guess the level, the the playing field will never be level. But as in today's, as in today's particular matchup, yeah, Andy Reid's won some big games, but he's also lost a lot of them too. Yeah. And when it talks about playoffs, he's lost more than one. And when we talk about the Chiefs in general, one and nine against the spread in their last ten. So. I guess credit where it needs to be given, and yes, we know that they're going to come out, but this is not a, just a for sure, hey, Kansas City's going to go out there and romp them. Right, and it, it also makes me think about the spread because the spreads were similar with the Ravens and the Titans and with the Texans and the Chiefs. So it always felt like a big spread to me from the beginning. So it's kind of making me rethink you know, how I see this game playing out. You know, I just... 
it's so funny. You watch one game that has nothing to do with another game, and it makes you rethink everything you know about the Texans-Chiefs game. Are the Chiefs five point or four points better than they were because the first time they played, it was Chiefs minus five and a half in Kansas City. The Texans won that game. So yeah. are, why did it go up so much? Is it the moment of the time, the, the season? It's a postgame uh, or, or, I mean, a postseason game? Is it because Andy Reid's off the bye? Whatever it is, it's a four-point difference. Yeah. Chris Jones is back. I mean, there's, you know, there's some differences here that, you know, the Chiefs are healthy. They've been playing well on defense and, on the back half of the and year. And Gibson pretty much shut down Kelsey that first one. He did. That's going to be a problem. But we're going to be a problem for the next 45 minutes. We're about to drop some bets, some prop bets, a little bit of funnies, a little bit of everything. Getting you ready for that Sunday kickoff. Texans, Chiefs, for almost all the marbles because we're not this j- there yet. But it leads up to a playoff, I guess, matchup versus the Titans, which is winnable. And that leads to a Super Bowl. So the path has been paved. Texans, Chiefs, next. Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline 97.5. This is Money Live on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. This gets me hype, Houston. If it doesn't get you hype, I don't know what you're doing. The phone lines are open, 713-780-3776. It's a big moment today. Act like you've been there. Let's get hype, Houston. Let's hit these phone lines. Let's talk some bets. Let's talk some... Hey, if you were involved in some bad beats yesterday, if you want to talk a little bit of Lamar, if you want to talk about why Watson is your quarterback, the phone lines are open just for that. This is the show to get you hyped for the next 45 minutes. We're going to do just that, getting you ready for the big game because that should be the only thing on everybody's mind today. Everyone in Houston should have that in mind, that there's a hope, there's a chance. And today at 2 o'clock, you're going to have to live that. No doubt about it. And just think about this. They win, they're going to be hosting an AFC championship game here in Houston. That's insane. Is there ever going to be an easier path? And I hate to use the easy word, uh, a more feasible path to a Super Bowl other than having to beat, yeah, Mahomes, but then Tannehill, which I'm not taking anything of Tannehill's season this year, but it's still Tannehill to me. And then Allen, if you had to say that you're only going to have to beat really one I guess using that word elite quarterback on your way to a Super Bowl run and having an AFC championship game at home, that's insane. If you would have told me that a few months ago, I would say you're you're crazy. I think that's, you know, a lot of people kind of doubted Bill O'Brien for going all in and doing the Tunsil trade and bringing, bringing in Kenny Stills and Duke Johnson. And it just, you know, goes to show you, you know, maybe it's best to just kind of go for it. But the problem is if you don't get it, you know, you don't have any picks going forward. At least you're not going to have a you know a first or a second. You won't have a first for a couple of years. So it's going to be hard to to restock your roster because you know you're going to have to give Laramie Tunsil and Deshaun Watson so much money. You're you're not going to have a ton of cap space. So you need those draft picks. But I mean, would, if you're a Texans fan, would you take that? You know, would you take a Super Bowl appearance? 
you know, knowing that the next couple of years you're you're going to be strapped for for cheap right you know, now. players. Yeah, you take it right it. now, and, and you go for it before you're having to pay Watson all that money because you know that contract's coming no, no matter what. So you know, it, maybe now is the time to go. And you know, JJ, he's not getting any younger. He's in his thirties now. That's he's on the backside of his prime. So. You know, this is a good time to go for it. So go beat Mahomes, get in the AFC Championship game, and, and then who knows after that. Now, we spoke about the Texans' slow starts. Yeah. Now, if you look at the Texans' number, there's 9-3-1 and one against the spread since September 30th on the road. On the road today. Yeah. That could play. But if you look into how those games played out, you find out against the Buccaneers, they scored 10 in the first quarter. One was a pick six. The other one was a field goal off a pick. Right. That so wasn't the, the offense. Yeah. So it really wasn't the offense. Then you had 0 0 0 the, following, the, the previous three games, followed by three points against the Chiefs. They were down 17 3, followed by three zeros against zero Chargers, zero against the Saints, zero against the Eagles. And then they scored a little field goal against the Jets. So keeping all that in mind, it's going to be hard to come out and beat the mode that they've been all season. You look up on the opposite end, though, and the Chiefs, they've gone 6-0 and against the spread since November 18th. They haven't lost a game since then against the, against the number. Against the Chargers, they only scored zero. Against the Chiefs, or Raiders, seven. Patriots, three. Broncos, six. Bears, seven. Chargers, three. But what sticks out here is the Chiefs in the second quarter, and that's where this game's going to be pivotal. On that same run, look how much points the Chiefs scored. 10, 14, 17, 10, 10, 7. Oof. No, you make a good point. And I want to ask both of you guys, with the Texans' slow starts that we're talking about, getting points on the board early, do you put that more on Watson or Bill O'Brien? For me, it's on Bill O'Brien. We saw when Gary Kubiak was here, I – yearn for those days in a little bit because you knew for those first 15 or 20 plays, the Texans were going to move the ball Yep, consistently throughout Bill O'Brien's tenure, regardless of who's at quarterback. When the game starts, the Texans have problems moving the ball. That's a Bill O'Brien issue. And look, Deshaun can do better with some of his reads, but I'm not putting that on him. I'm putting that on Bill O'Brien. I agree as well. Whenever you start a game, you have a game script and there's, there's about 15 or 20 plays. You use that same. That's exactly what the number is of scripted plays that if the game is in the script that you want it, this is where we want to stick by. Once teams get down or up X amount of points is when they go away from that script. So once it comes to that script, it's all in the 15, in the first 15 minutes of the game, you figure that's on O'Brien. Yeah. And I'm kind of leaning that way too. It also feels like Deshaun kind of thrives off emotion and, you know, just kind of a, he feels the game out and, you know, you saw what he did after J.J. got that sack against the Bills. Deshaun's just like, man, nobody's going to tackle me. I'm going to drag three dudes into the end zone. So it'd, it'd be nice if he could kind of get that juice going early. You know, you know, a big, you know, maybe J.J. gets a big sack or something early in the game, and that kind of gets Watson pumped up, and, and they go down the field and make some plays. And the other thing, too, just quickly is, Deshaun's eyes were down way too much early in that game. You know, a couple times he had Hopkins and Stills open, but, you know, he was looking at the rush. So it's going to be important to, you know, make him comfortable early so he can get the ball out and and get some good rhythm going. Now, we talk about whenever you need to beat these big spreads, you're that big of an underdog, you need specific moments in a game, turnovers. 
uh, some sacks. We saw that that's exactly what got the, the, the momentum going last week. When, when Watt got that play, you felt it, and then they responded. How close to 100% is Watt is what I'm questioning because we know he's not there. No. Right? But how close, and this is what he had to say about his pec healing. Like I said, I'm still dealing with the pec. It's not like it all went away over the course of the last week. So um, still trying to work with it and do everything that I can um, while still being smart and making sure that I'm uh, diligent with the way I attack the work and, and not trying to re-aggravate it along the way. So it's just a matter of playing football. And once you get out there, the adrenaline takes over and the game takes over and you just kind of, it's like riding a bike. You get out there and you just, instincts take over the game. And like you saw in the last game, once the third and fourth quarters come around and it's it's go time, you know, there's really everything kind of goes out the window and you just play football the way you know how to play it. You as a coach, how do you approach this with how you use what? Do you do exactly how you did it last week? Let it, let the El Camino get warmed up, let it get going, and then in big moments, pin your ears back, let's go? Or are you going to use them like how he's been used whenever he wasn't, or let's say when he was 100%? I think at the start of the game, I'm going to use them like I did last week. I'm going to try and just use them on passing downs early, you know, third down, something like that. Like you said, you know, Watt is such an emotional guy himself. You don't want him getting out there first play of the game and, you know, just getting too amped up and re-aggravating the injury. I would say kind of, like you said, warm him up, kind of get him going. And you have some other options. You know, Jacob Martin's been getting some good pressure on the quarterback. You know, DJ Reader's a great player. You know, he can get some inside pressure. And, you know, Whitney Merciless, you know, he showed up last week. So you have some other guys you can mix and match with. But, you know, if it starts to get, you know, like last week where, you know, the game's on the line and you need JJ, then you got to put him in there and just hope for the best. JJ talks about, or actually we've talked about how big that regular season win can be confidence-wise. You believe that you can go in there and win, but again, can it give you a false sense of identity of who that team was, Kansas City, at that moment? Uh, is it, we know it's not the same team. There's a couple pieces missing. We know Mahomes was somewhat hobbled. And this is what Watt had to say about that regular season win at Arrowhead. I mean, it was a long time ago. You know, it was early on in the season. Um, both teams dealing with different things at that time. And um, some things are similar, but a lot of things are different from that time of the year. So um, I remember it's a great atmosphere. I always love playing at Arrowhead. It's a great atmosphere. Their fans are awesome. And it always is a great place to play. But uh, it's, it's going to be another great atmosphere, obviously, in the playoffs. Uh, some players are missing, in particular uh, Gibson. Yeah. He had a lot to do with Kelsey's underperformance what do you do now because some are saying Justin Reed's going to have a big play a a big part in what Kelsey is able to do that's what worries me and that's why I was very frustrated that they played Gibson in that meaningless week 17 game and he got hurt and we've seen that from Bill O'Brien before remember the Arian Foster injury where they were playing him in against the Dolphins when they probably should have had him out of the game so that concerns me I mean they're They've had some a lot of guys banged up at safety, so I, I'm very curious to see how they do that because the Chiefs threaten you deep. That is what they are so good at doing. They're going to send you know Tyreek Hill down the field, and you know they're going to you know if Hardman gets in there, you know or Robinson, they're going to send those guys down the field, and then you have those little crossing routes that Kelsey's the little short crossing routes that Kelsey's going to be on, and also Damian Williams is going to be on some of those wheel routes. So when all your 
all your corners and safeties are, are getting threatened deep. They're going to run those guys on those underneath routes. And you watch today, Damian Williams, they are going to look to get him on a wheel route after they, they send everybody down the field. And that's worked for them very well. So they're going to try and do that again. And, man, if you get, you know, McKinney or, you know, Cunningham trying to run with Damian Williams in the open field, th- that can be trouble. Big plays from the Chiefs, and you speak about them getting downfield. Chiefs offense have 56 plays of 20-plus yards, six most in the NFL. So that's what they do. The Texans have allowed the most plays of 40-plus yards on the season, 18 of them. Yep. If Mahomes gets time and his receivers have time to beat you after whatever their route is and they get to create and get to space, it's going to be trouble. The play has to be get in Mahomes' face, especially up the middle to where he has to move to either side and make a move. If you let that man sit there and get to his back foot and have about three or four seconds, it's over. Yeah, and not with blitzes either. They need to get there with four, Jerry. Yeah, they need to get there with four, have extra men in the back. They need to switch it up from men coverage to, to zone. They need to mix it all the way up. They need to have not only Watson have a great game, but the team in general. It's going to take everyone. It's a war. Get your helmet ready, Houston, because you got to get out there too. They need you. Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. You're listening to ESPN 97.5. We're taking a break. Okay. That's cool. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Andrew's jamming this morning. Yeah. What's up, Houston? There's a, I guess there's a football game to be played with, and after that, someone's going to win. And, and if you happen to win, Houston, then I heard that someone's got to come into your stadium, and whoever wins that game gets to play for a, a ring, and that ring means a lot to some people. Man. Welcome back cool. to Moneyline ESPN 97.5, the playoff. Smell is in the air. We got 30 minutes till this show's over. And then you got about two hours to get that barbecue pit ready, to get those beers cold, and to get fired up because that's what you got to do today. Win or lose, that's gonna you're going to feel that after the game. But for those 60 minutes, you got to feel like you have a chance because you do. You saw the unthinkable go down last night. If you would have asked me coming into this weekend, What's more likely that the Ravens lose or that the Kansas City, you know, were to get upset? I would say I, I, I probably see Houston doing. It. I don't yeah. see any way the Ravens are losing. So, I guess I'm a guy of odds and, and the probability and chances uh, and all this just keeps leading my odds and probability to better chances for the Texans. And again, whatever I bet or whatever I list, don't let that throw you off from what you think in your head. Because again, I've been cold. I've been a little wrong these last few days. So be it. I'll give my bet out. Josh will give his bet out towards the end of the show, and we'll leave it at that. But for now, like I said, get hyped, get ready. You got number four. I say you need at least 28 points today, Houston, at least 28 points to make this happen. I think so. And, man, sometimes the buildup to the game is even better than the game, right? You know, you have all that excitement and all that positivity going. And, man, 
you know, we talk about how this has kind of become an Astros town, right? And it, it's felt like people haven't been as excited about the Texans. That will change in a heartbeat if they win this game today and you have an AFC championship game in Houston, Texas. That will change everything, man. A chance to go to the Super Bowl. And we've, we've talked about it all season. What would make a successful season for the Houston Texans? And we've said it getting in an AFC championship game. They can have a successful season winning today, beating Patrick Mahomes. And then think about where Deshaun is among the really good quarterbacks in the league, right? He, he's, he's probably fallen, fallen down a little bit over the last few weeks. You know, Lamar Jackson has skyrocketed up, and maybe Deshaun's come down a little bit. But with a win today over Patrick Mahomes, that would change everything. Yeah, you give me chills just thinking about that yeah. because it's just it's such a big moment. Not that this is going to deviate him to being a terrible quarterback if right. he goes, but it's still going to have you leave you with that thought that that taste in your mouth that you had last season and the first game of the playoffs this year didn't exactly prove that he can put together four quarters. It proved that he can put together a quarter when needed, though, and that holds its own weight because. I'd rather him do it then than how Tannehill had to do it at the beginning of the game. And not to say that Tannehill wouldn't continue to do it, because, but I just didn't. I felt that Vrabel tasted his defense, and he said, this plan is perfect. I, I keep Lamar in front of me. I'm, I'm cutting out the outsides, the, the perimeters. He can't break these big runs. They've got two injuries, one to Ingram, one to Andrews. We've got them right where we want. As long as we keep the lead, I'm not going to let Tannehill go out there and maybe throw this game away, maybe throw a pick, or maybe get sack fumbled. Let's just keep it on the ground, throw a little, little uh, play field position. How many times did the Ravens start way back? And then whenever they would punt, then you'd get like a hold to start them like even further at the 10. So everything they did played perfect. As a defensive guy, as a coach, I feel that Vrabel felt the 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 – he felt where the game was going to go, and he felt that they weren't in trouble throughout that game. So he said, let's stick to those scripted plays. Again, he got to stick to the scripted plays. Those first 15, 20 plays, if you can run those all game long, then that's where you know your strength is. That's why you scripted those 15, 20. Last night, they were open to open it up. I guarantee you they didn't plan on hitting these guys with a deep ball, but you know what they say. When there's a turnover or whenever there's a, a weird play, a fourth down stop, the, they were – Ravens over there arguing, did it get across the line? Did it not? Then all of a sudden, the defense and offense are switching fields. What do you do? Hit them with a play action. Yeah. Hit them deep. How many times are you going to see Humphreys get burned like that? Martin Humphrey. Yeah, and he's a great player. Oh, one of the best. He's been one of the best. But he got burnt. He did. By nobody. He did. No, there's no doubt about it. And that's what I... You make a good point. I want to see more play action with Deshaun today. I want to see some shots to Will Fuller deep down the field. Let's find out early if, if you know if that injury is healed and he's good. Let's let's challenge him. Let's make him think about Fuller getting behind him. Play action is where Deshaun is because also if it's not there, he can just take off. I'd like to see more rollouts with Deshaun. You know, I mean, like they were doing that with Matt Schaub in the Kubiak offense and. I mean, Shaw was one of the slowest quarterbacks in the league. Like, you know, get Deshaun out of the pocket, move the pocket around, you know, protect him, make him cover the entire field. That's what I want to see today. I want to look if, if they swing and they miss and they lose. Oh, well, but go down swing and take some shots down the field and get Watson out on that rollout. Yes. where He has the option to run once he peels off a couple seven, eight yard runners, maybe picks off a, a first down. Then that defense knows. We can't get downfield. And with Fuller, you have to chase him. Usually your back is towards the quarterback, 
right? You're yes. running downfield chasing Fuller, which means once once Watson rolls out, you usually the defensive backs are downfield that Fuller takes him out. Runs the, run a little bit further route so he has that space. Get somebody. Give him a running back option to hit. I mean, give him every option and let him use his feet. I know. I, I wonder what the script plays is because I guess that's a theme today the scripted plays hopefully the scripted 15 20 plays that they have is with him keeping the ball in his hands and rolling out and having the option of doing either right like give the Chiefs a little taste of their own medicine right they love to run guys down the field deep and then you know hit some screens to their running backs that's one thing I've been saying all season with the Texans I don't feel like they use the screen game to their running backs hardly at all and when they do it's not very effective Andy Reid is probably the best at doing that so maybe borrow some plays that he's using and put them in your offense this week that's the best way to alleviate pressure you whenever they're coming in too fast on you the defensive line you let them get in extra fast and you dump it over the top you do that a few times it keeps those defensive players on their on their heel because when they come in if there's that threat of you dumping it over the top and then them being on the second level then you have to kind of you, you're not coming in full speed now you saw that the for example the Niners for, they got up so big yesterday that they were able to pin their ears back and Cousins was trying to dump it down but he couldn't because they were all over him but in a game that's not blown out and they can't say hey Hyde's gonna run it again on us because you know that's gonna be an emphasis for Spagnolo's defense they're gonna say we're not gonna we're not gonna let Hyde run it on us because their offense, the Texans' offense, was their best defense that day because their defense was Hyde moving the ball and converting, moving the chains, and keeping the opposite offense, Mahomes, off the field. That was their best plan, and yep. it worked. Spagnolo knows. they. I guarantee you they've told him, like, we need more time with the ball. you got to get that team off the field. You've got to take chances. You've got to get to Deshaun Watson. They, they're thinking the same thing. We let Watson out of the pocket, so they're going to be blitzing wide. Watson is going to have his moments in this game, I think that the way the game played out with Tredavious White, and I spoke about how I'm not so sure that it was the crossing routes, how they try to say on TV. Now he's running crossing routes. So that's why it's working. He was running those in the first half. Deshaun Justin wasn't looking that way. Right. He, he was thinking more like, let me get him, let me beat these guys elsewhere if I don't have to go. Once he saw that he could beat Tredavious White, two, two catches, three catches. He said, you know, he's thinking, what, what, what was I thinking? My yeah. guy's better than his guy, and he's going to be better, and I just got to get it there. That plays well for today because I've, I believe that Watson's going to come in today thinking, man, Tredavious White's not on that other side. No. Let's do this. And we got Fuller. So, the, you know, the safeties are going to have to respect Fuller's speed. At least it looks like he's going to play. We'll see. You know, I don't believe the actives and actives have been released yet, but I think Fuller's going to go. That's the expectation. And we know that that gives Hopkins so much more room to to get open. So the thing about Fuller that we don't talk about enough, we always talk about his speed, but he's a good route runner too. You know, he is. So if they can get that element going today, I like their chances. I hope you like their chances, Houston. We got one segment left. If you're out there and you're hyped up, we got you sweating right now, and you're sitting there thinking, Coach, put me in. O'Brien, put me in. I'm ready to go to war with the boys. 713-780-3776. 713-780-3776. I want to hear your predictions, Houston. I want to hear you get hype. Moneyline, ESP 97.5. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline 97.5.
This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline, the last segment. 15 minutes left before we get up out of here. And then you got two hours roundabouts till kickoff to you get to see what the destiny will be. What Will there be a game in town next week? That's yet to be seen. But before we get into all that, let's get over to the HRMP listener line. We have our guy Nick on the money line, uh, on the listener line, and uh, he has a game prediction. Excuse me. Yeah, guys, I know uh, I know the Texans beat the Chiefs in October, but Arrowhead Stadium is very different in October, and Eric Fisher was out, Mahomes and Hill were banged, banged up, Watkins was out. Um, I don't think that Sorensen polar matchup is going to be enough. I've got the Chiefs by 17. Oof. There you go. I mean, a lot of people feel that way. I mean, they, they do. I, man, and we've seen, we were talking during the break, the line is climbing. It was, you know, it's been nine and a half most of the week. I saw it's up to 10, and you said you saw it somewhere at 10 and a half now. Yeah, for sure. So you heard it there, Houston 713-780-3776. This is the last segment. Let's get it hyped for your Houston Texans. If you think they're going to win, What's your prediction? If you think they're going to lose by how much? Is it going to be a close loss? Is, are you going to cover? Which side are you going to be on? Because let me drop a few bets right now. We were talking about the Damian Williams props, and what did you come up with? Yeah, I I, I like him. There's a, a, a total yards prop on him at 80 and a half yards for rushing and receiving. So, I, I you know, I think that one's I like. And that's mostly because we saw what Singletary did to the Texans last week. I mean, how many tackles did he break? He was a real problem for the Texans last week. And I think Damian Williams could, could really come through and do something similar. And you have to remember, the first time they played, Damian Williams only had two touches in that game. You know, he was banged up. So he wasn't really the factor that I think he's going to be today. And so I, I like the props on him for rushing yards and total yards. I also like Damian Williams receiving and rushing combined 80.5. Yeah, that's, yeah. I like that over. I like Williams three receptions over. And I do think his reception yards over 25.5 can get there because he peels off big ones. He, he'll peel off 15-yarder. So I do like all those uh, prop bets. Let's get over right now to the HRMP listening line because we have a Kansas City fan on here, and he wants to get on here and talk about the game. What's going on, Bob? You're on Moneyline. Hey, guys. I've been listening to the show. I had to do some work in Louisiana and fly it out of Houston today. Um, now, first off, let me say, now, when it comes to Patrick Mahomes, God bless Texas for, for giving us the boy. <laughs> he is one of the most gracious people Kansas City has ever invited to play. But thank you, Texas, for that. But I, I tell you what, that first game that we all played, when you guys came to town and beat us by seven, we were playing pretty well hipped up and injured up and didn't have everybody on the field. And everybody is a lot healthier this time around, and I I don't see I don't see the Texans even coming up at the spread. I I, I think you guys are going to be a little short today. Do uh, you have a score prediction for us, Bob? Do I have a prediction? Yeah, for the uh, score. Let's put uh, let's put the Chiefs at thirty three, and the Texans about twenty one. Yeah, you have it about right. I. Uh, I didn't want to uh, poop on anybody's parade throughout this show, but as far as gambling, I have a lot of people texting me right now saying, you ever given out no gambling plays? I will be on Kansas City. I do think that Kansas City will win this game uh, somewhere along the lines of 34-21, 34 
24, somewhere around there. Um, I do think that they slightly cover that 10 points is about right. My favorite play is on the Chiefs' first quarter, Chiefs' first half, minus six and a half. Those, uh, the inability of the Texans to get out fast is what I think will hurt them. Now, again, I could be wrong. I don't want to spoil anybody's, anybody's uh, breakfast this morning or, or lunch by now. But, but the, uh, as far as gambling, I just have to separate my heart and my money, you know. And, and like I said, I'm not even a Texans guy, but I just like it for the city. I like, I like to see how it gets everybody amped up. And I like to see Watson in big games. I think he's built for big games. And I guess we'll see what he really is about if Bill O'Brien ultimately holds him down. But like Bob said, that first matchup is completely different than this matchup. I mean, Carlos Hyde ran wild. He kept Mahomes off the field. Mahomes wasn't 100%. Uh, Tyreek Hill had just come back, remember? And he made that crazy catch. I expect Tyreek Hill to run run wild. If the Texans don't get to Mahomes, he's going to have time. He's going to be launching it downfield. He's going to pepper Kelsey with over six receptions. That's a prop hit that. I'm calling it like that. So go ahead. If you're following both and not your heart, I'm sorry to say it, but I'm all over the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going to tease them down to three and then go over 40. uh, I guess it would be 44 and a half. I'm going to be all over the Mahomes props. Damian Williams props I already named. I just think that they're going to blow them out. I really do. I I hate to end it that way. And uh, I just do. That's where my money's going to be. So if you're celebrating after this game and Houston won and you're celebrating, just know that Bo lost. So I'm not mad at you. Just like I hope you're not mad at the opposite side of the results. But as far as this particular matchup, I just see it tough. I just see it real tough for the Texans. How about yourself? Man, I'm I'm with you. I, I like the Chiefs in the first quarter. We've laid it out the whole show. That, you know, they typically get going pretty quick, and the, the Texans typically don't. So, and it's also as a Texans fan, just because the Chiefs have more points, you know, by three in the first quarter, doesn't mean the Chiefs are going to win the game. You know, we've seen Deshaun is good in the second half. O'Brien's actually made some good adjustments in the second half. We saw that with the Buffalo game; they really got going, but. I guess what concerns me a little bit, and you know, we did a video for Sports Map, and uh, AJ Hoffman was talking about Deshaun, and in the playoffs with Deshaun, he's really played seven poor quarters and one good quarter. You know, if you think about the Colts game and you think about what happened with the Buffalo, when he said that, my heart kind of sank a little bit because I'm like, man, he, he's right. But Deshaun's got four quarters today to change that narrative. And if they can get rolling early, I think the Texans are pretty good at front running. You know, when it starts getting going for them, uh, they're really good at taking advantage of that momentum and getting things going. And I think Duke Johnson's going to be a big part of that. They need to get him going. And this is a a prop that is kind of interesting to me. And I think this will probably shock you, Andrew. You know what his total rushing yards prop number is today for Duke Johnson? 14 and a half yards. 14 and a half. I mean, he... I mean, seriously, he has to just kind of break off one decent run to hit that number. So if you think the Texans are going to have some success today, you got to think Duke Johnson has 15 yards rushing. Doesn't that hurt your feelings knowing that you gave up a third rounder for a guy that's painted to get 13 rushing yards? Is that what a third? That's just bad business right there. And let's hope that he can surpass that. I do think it's a Duke Johnson game, though. I do believe he'll be on the field. A lot, a lot of people in the DFS world will gravitate to Hyde to, sure. to, to go the same performances before, and I think that it just goes the opposite way. What's your prediction for the game today, Andrew? Um, it pains me to say it, but I've got the Chiefs actually right at the line that's at 10 right now. I've got it 34-24. That was my prediction for the game heading into this morning. And I, I want to have a good feeling about it, but I just don't. No, and and and, and he, this coming guy that bleeds Texans, has a Texans jersey on, and 
like I said, that it's wishful thinking that hopefully it happens and so be it. But if it doesn't, then on this particular show, we're in the business of not being fans. We're in the business of money. So I don't want to guide you and build up the show the whole time and say, yeah, they're going to go out there and romp it. I don't think they do. I do think you can find a lot of value, though, in the totals, in the over. I do think Kansas City surpasses their over. I think uh, the, the, the Texans do as well. It's I think it'll be a back-and-forth game. If the Chiefs come out and punch them in the mouth quickly, like I believe they will. I believe that Watson's going to have to make plays early in this game. They're not going to wait till the fourth quarter and start doing it. You're going to have that Watson right after the first quarter. And between the first quarter, he's already going to be out there going. And if you get that, you're going to have a lot of spots to live bet this game. So just uh, for Houston fans out there, like I told him, I have a guy from LSU, and he's betting a bunch of money on LSU, and I told him, I learned a lesson a long time ago. When your team that you love and, and it's in your heart, you get to that big game, don't bet it because you're already so invested. My, I, I learned that lesson on the Steelers uh, Cardinals uh, yeah, in that Super fair. Bowl. They uh, they won, didn't cover. I lost the biggest bet in my life, and uh, I'll just never forget that ugly feeling. But the sound of that is to put your name on something. So before we get out of here, put your name on something, Josh. Man, I think I'm going to go with that Damian Williams rushing prop, 55 and a half yards. I, I don't think it's going to be a LaShawn McCoy day. I think they're going to go to Williams. You know, we'll see. That's why it's gambling. That's why it's risky. They, they could use those other guys. So know that going in. But with what Singletary did to the Texans last week, I like Damian Williams. Josh and I are on the same page. I've got Damian Williams in basically all my daily fantasy lineups today. I think he's got a big day. As much as it pains me to say that, I, I think that he has a really big day for the Chiefs today. And I'll do mine a little bit different this week. I'm going to leave this, put my name on it, on you, Houston. I'm going to leave it uh, like a blank check. So I'm going to let that blank check sit on this table and it's going to sit there for the next two hours and then it's going to sit there during that game time. You sign your destiny. You sign it over. So this, put your name on it. It goes out to H-Town. You have 60 minutes to make it happen. You put your name on that. Peace. Sam Windsor with the Houston Sabercats here. Even when I'm down under, I'm listening to ESPN 97.5 on the app. You can stream the boys from anywhere. Mate.